Hey guys, it's Kayla. It's Katie. And you're listening to Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. Katie. How's your day been? It's been all right. It's been all right. It's been all right. Yeah, been all right. What'd you do today? I worked. Oh, gross. Yeah. I was off. I did not work. Well, I love that for you. I love that for me too. What's the case you got today? Today I have Shayna Grass. So we're going across the pond like I always do. Yeah, this is the second time you've done that, right? Yeah. Because the first case that you did that was. Intercraphic. Yeah. If I can't leave America physically, I'll do it mentally. With true crime. Any way that I can. <laughs> so today, I have the stalking and murder of Shayna Grass. Shayna Grass grew up in Portslade, which was a district in East Sussex. That's a hard word to say. Sussex? Yes. In East Sussex, England, uh, her parents were Sharon Grass and Richard Green. And Shayna was an only child. In 2015, Shayna was 18 years old and she began work as a receptionist for Brighton Fire Alarms. She began saving money for her wedding that was coming up in a couple of years with her boyfriend, Ashley Cook. They had been a couple since they were in high school with one another. When Shayna began working as a receptionist at Brighton Fire Alarms, she met a mechanic that was named Michael Lane, who was 26 years old at the time. The two were immediately attracted to one another, and they began to have little secret rendezvous on and off. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. Um, it is reported in different places that some say that Ashley and Shayna broke up. Some say that they were together the whole time, so I don't really know. If they did break up, they eventually do get back together. When... These little rendezvous began to happen between Lane and Shayna. Lane slowly began to show signs of volatile behavior. After an argument at a Christmas party, Shayna attempted to end things with Lane in December of 2015. He did not take this well, and over the next eight months, Lane would torture Shayna Grass mentally, leading up to her murder. Over the following eight months, Lane would put a tracker on Shayna's car follow her around, spy on her, assault her, and would break into her home more than once. Police never helped her. Shocker. The first phone call to police came in February of 2016. Shayna said on the call to police, quote, I don't really know how to start this conversation, but I think I'm being stalked. The dispatch lady working for police that took the phone call would simply call a plane and tell him to leave Shayna alone. The dispatch did that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think in Sussex, like, it's not really like a dispatch center like we have here. It's like they work at the police station. Oh, okay. Like, they're like, 
desk people at, that are cops or something. I, th- okay. I think. Don't. Okay. I get what <clears throat> you're saying. Okay. Yeah. One month later, police were contacted not by Shayna about Lane, but instead by Ashley Cook's mother. Cook's mother reported to police that Lane was attacking Shayna outside of their home. Shayna had left an office party and Lane had showed up. Shayna attempted to get away from Lane, but he persisted. Lane tried to take Shayna's phone, pulled her hair, and was hitting her. Police officer P.C. Godfrey would question Shayna in front of the home with Ashley Cook and his mother standing right there behind Shayna, which is against good practice guidelines in Portslade. During the interview with Lane, he explained to the officer that he had a sexual relationship with Shayna and showed messages between he and Shayna to the officer as proof. Lane also admitted to the officer that he had, in fact, assaulted Shayna. P.C. Godfrey said no legal action was to be taken. He let Lane off with a verbal warning, but gave Shayna a 90-pound fine for wasting police's time. Are you kidding me? Mm -mm. I wish I was, but I'm not. So she got her ass beat. He admitted to it. Yeah, he admits it. And then she has to pay the fine? Yeah. She was fined 90 pounds for wasting police's time. Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. It, it gets even worse, believe it or not. Oh, I believe it. Shayna ultimately quit her job at Brighton Fire Alarms after this incident. During a gross misconduct investigation of PC Godfrey in 2019, he told the police disciplinary tribune, quote, she would be signing her text to Lane with five kisses, this is not harassment. It was a smokescreen to disguise her affair. There was nothing there to make me think she was in any type of danger whatsoever. Let me remind you that he said this to the disciplinary panel. This was years after she was murdered. He said this. Yeah, because text messages trump her having, you know, probably bruises and someone admitting to beating her. Yeah, that makes a whole lot mm-hmm. of sense. Mm-hmm. Later during the murder trial, a friend of Shayna's named Emma King spoke out on the stand about the effects of being fined after the assault versus Lane only being given a verbal warning. King said, quote, A few weeks before she died, she said to me that no one believed her. But it did happen, and because of the history of everything, it looked like she was lying. On July 9th of that year, Shayna would once again contact the police for help. At 6.48 a.m., Shayna dialed 999. She told officers that just an hour before she called, she had seen someone in her bedroom, watching her while she slept. She hid under the covers until she no longer heard heavy breathing coming from the individual and she knew that they were gone. Once she was sure that they had left her room, she looked outside her window and witnessed Lane walking away from her house. Lane had somehow stolen a house key and broken into her and her roommate's house through the back door. During a phone call after the incident, Shayna recorded Lane saying on the phone, quote, I wanted to see you and I knew you wouldn't let me in. I'm just not right in the head. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. Police arrived to investigate shortly after the call was made. Officers did not charge Lane with breaking and entering any sort of stalking charges or harassment charges. Nope. Instead, they charged him with theft. The officer in charge that made that decision would later say to the IPCC, Quote, I had been considering a stalking or harassment charge offense, but when we arrived at the address, I definitely had the evidence to prove a theft. Police interviewed Lane for 12 minutes after that night and let him off with another verbal warning, once again, completely failing Shayna Gross. It's ridiculous. 
Shayna then decided to take matters into her own hands. She informed her family and friends that if she had not been in contact with someone for a few hours, that someone please reach out to contact her or try to come see if she was okay. Over the next few days, Shayna would call police two more times. She reported that she was receiving strange phone calls from a restricted number. During these phone calls, she would only hear heavy breathing. Shayna said during one of the calls to police, quote, I'm really scared. Yet police filed the report as low risk. Lane's home phone would later be proven to be the number that was calling Shayna. Oh my God. Low risk. Two days later, Shayna would call police again and reported that Lane was following her. She would then receive a letter from Sussex police sometime in the following day saying that no further action would be taken and her case was closed. This referring to him being in her bedroom and watching her sleep. That case was closed and no further action would be taken with any of her phone calls about Lane. In August, Shayna had completely broken things off with Lane for good this time and had told Lane that she only wanted to be with Ashley. Lane spoke with a friend about this situation and said, quote, she'll pay for what she's done. On August the 25th, 2016, Lane purchased a can of gasoline and with a kitchen knife, with him and the gas, broke into Shayna Gross's house. Lane walked straight to her bedroom and slit her throat before he poured the gasoline all over her body and her bed and set her on fire. Ashley Cook's father, Ian Cook, found Shayna's body and called 999. Lane was arrested hours after the murder, at his work. He denied any part in her murder and pled his innocence. He told police that he found the front door open to Shayna's house and entered. He said that he had found her body. He said that he had never seen a dead body before, panicked, and didn't know what to do. So he did not call 999, or anyone for that matter, and he just went to work. Yeah, that's a real likely story. He was panicking. Right. Right. CCTV footage showed Lane leaving her house with the bloody clothes that he wore during the murder in a blue bag that he held in his hand, and he had now changed into clean clothes. He was also seen on CCTV purchasing the gasoline at a nearby gas station. The tennis shoes he wore during the murder were found covered in blood in a nearby row of hedges. During the investigation following the murder, they found a tracker on Shayna's car that was found to be connected to none other than Lane's cell phone. Police were contacted six separate times by Shayna Grass reporting alarming behavior coming from Lane. Here's an exact timeline of the phone calls. February 8, 2016, Shayna reported Lane for stalking, sending her flowers on her birthday that she did not want, and leaving messages on her car. March 24, 2016, Ashley Cook's mother calls after Lane assaulted her and followed her back to Cook's home. Shayna was fined. July the 9th, 2016, Shayna calls police reporting that Lane had broken into her home and watched her sleep. Lane was given a verbal warning. July 10th, 2016, Shayna reports seven calls from an unknown number with heavy breathing on the other line. Nothing was done. July the 12th, 2016, Shayna calls police and tells them Lane is following her. Please tell her no action is going to be taken any longer in regards to her issues. August 25th, 2016, Lane breaks into Shayna's house and brutally murders her while she slept. Eight months of phone calls, pleas, and evidence ignored. She spent eight months being stalked, assaulted, harassed, and mentally and physically tortured. Eight months of opportunity for the police to have saved Shayna Grass's life. But instead, she spent eight months being ignored, and that ultimately led to her death. In March of 2017, seven months after Shayna was murdered and two weeks of trial, Lane admitted to stalking Shayna, but still pled not guilty to her murder. Michael Lane was found guilty for her murder and sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. 
The judge, whose name was Mr. Justice Green, heavily criticized Sussex police for their misconduct and handling of this entire case, saying, quote, Tragically, when she sought help from police, she received none. Michael Lane felt that if he continued with his obsessive stalking behavior, it was most unlikely that the police would do anything to stop him. He also said at sentencing of Michael Lane, quote, There was seemingly no appreciation on the part of those investigating that a young woman in a sexual relationship with a man could at one and the same time be vulnerable and at risk of serious harm. The police jumped to conclusions and Grass was stereotyped. After the murder trial of their daughter, Shana's parents said, We are relieved that the man that killed our precious Shana, our only child, will serve a long and deserved prison sentence. We firmly believe Shana would be alive today if Sussex police had acted to protect her on the many occasions she complained about Lane, rather than issue her with a fine for wasting police time. Sussex police revealed after the murder that Lane had had 13 prior complaints of stalking and harassment from other women. Twelve of the women's reports came in the three years prior to Shana's murder, and one report came almost 10 years before Shana's murder. The reports piled up on his record between the years 2006 to 2016. He was reported for grooming a 14-year-old in 2010, but he was never charged with anything. But the allegation was marked on his record, while none of the reports from Shana calling 911 about Lane were ever put into his record. This was a total failure on this police department. It It's baffling just how they absolutely dropped the ball. And because of that, this was a thousand they didn't even percent pick up preventable. The ball. They didn't no. even pick it up. No, I don't even think they looked at it. They didn't even look at it. Like This was a preventable Absolutely death. was, yeah. She could be alive. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think, you know... They uh, are completely at fault here. I uh, mean, other than the... Other than, you know, Michael Lane himself. himself but, yeah. He would not have had the opportunity had they taken any of her complaints seriously, but instead they find her. If anything, he was emboldened by them. Oh, he was. Absolutely. Yeah. It's tragic that this happened to her, but it's tragic because she pleaded with them and reported him and Mm -hmm. did what she was supposed to do, and they did nothing. So this is on them And this is why people that are victims of stalking or sexual assault or abuse... Do not go to police. They don't report it. Because out of fear of this situation. Yep. Sussex police issued an apology to Shana's parents and reported themselves to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, or as I referenced earlier, the IPCC. In April of 2017, Sussex police were given six recommendations from the IPCC to improve their reactions and handling of stalking and harassment cases. In 2019, a report came to public eye showing that Sussex police never fully completed their training with the new programs implemented after Shana's murder given to them by the IPCC. The report also showed that most of the police had not ever even taken the training classes. That doesn't shock me at all. Yeah. Like, that makes so much sense. They were handed a solution, and they just ignored it. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. A 19-year-old lost her life, but what do they care Exactly. That's literally what that is. Like, that's Mm -hmm. your reaction. You might as well have just said, I don't care. And I'm not taking these classes. Yep. In April of 2019, it was announced to the public that three of their officers from the Sussex Police Station were accused of misconduct and gross misconduct in regards to Shana Gross's complaints before her murder. PC John Barry Mills resigned from the Sussex Police before the disciplinary hearing was held on May the 10th, 2019. 
PC Mills was in charge of handling the reports that came from July 9th and 12th, the last report before her murder in August from July 12th. Shayna's friends and family say that after the last phone call that she made to police on July the 12th and after she received the letter stating her case was closed, Shayna was upset, angry, and terrified. They said that after that, she told them that she would no longer contact police if something were to happen to her from Lane. PC Godfrey was found guilty of misconduct by the investigating panel, but not gross misconduct. He retired before any disciplinary action was taken. The police said that he would have been fired, but he retired instead. So. How convenient. Mm-hmm. Shana's parents said that these hearings were, quote, a sham and a joke. And I a thousand percent agree with them. Yeah, on I can that. completely understand why they thought that. Oh, yeah. So now that's kind of the end of like her case. But I do want to touch a little bit just for anyone that may believe that they're being stalked or victims of stalking or they're actively being stalked. I'm just going to kind of go over like some statistics here and some warning signs to look out for. Mm -hmm. Common stalking behavior includes the following. Repeated calls, text messages, and emails or posts via social media. Following the victim or showing up where they are near a home, work, school, or other places the victim might frequent. Using technology to track and find out personal information about a victim. Threatening to hurt the victim and or people that they care about. National stalking statistics for the U.S. are as follows. Approximately 15% of women and 6% of men in the United States have experienced stalking. This is according to the CDC in 2014. It's probably gone up, I would say, in the past nine years. Oh, yeah. Young people are at an increased risk for stalking, specifically those 20 years to 15 years old. So those, you know, mm -hmm. five years are kind of pretty high. More than 50% of female stalking survivors and more than 30% of male stalking survivors were first stalked before they were 25 years old. Here's some stats on perpetrators of stalking. More than 80% of survivors reported the person stalking them was known to them in some way. Friend, ex-lover, close neighbor, family member, things of that nature. The perpetrator is often someone the survivor is or was in a relationship with, an acquaintance or a family member, like I just said. Strangers are reported as the perpetrator of stalking in less than 25% of stalking cases. Now I'm going to break it down a little bit by gender. Mm -hmm. For female survivors, more than 60% reported the person stalking them was a current or former partner. Almost 25% reported the person stalking them was an acquaintance. About 6% said the person stalking them was a family member. For male survivors, 44% report the person stalking them was a current or former partner. Almost 32% reported the person stalking them was an acquaintance. And about 10% reported the person stalking them was a family member. 88% of female stalking survivors reported that the person stalking them was a male. 48% of male stalking survivors reported that the person stalking them was a male. Almost 45% of male stalking survivors reported that the person stalking them was a female. What to do if you're being stalked or you believe that someone is stalking you? Alert your family and friends. Document all contact and incidents that happen. Try your damnedest to end all contact with that person. Take any threats very serious. Create a safety plan. Call your national emergency number if something happens. So for us, it would be 911. And if you have kids, 
prepare them. There are several hotlines and community centers that can and want to help victims of stalking. You can Google hotlines for local places or national Mm -hmm. hotlines and advocates locally that will help you and they want to help you. One of the biggest national stalking hotlines is 1-855-4-VICTIM. So that's one that's very commonly used. So if you think that you're a victim of stalking, call that number. Or like I said, Google for local numbers or any other hotlines or messaging centers, community groups. Mm -hmm. Just get help. This reminds me of the Emma Walker case. I was getting ready to say Mm -hmm. you have touched on a very similar case. Yes. That was just a few hours away. You know, it was teenagers. It was in Knoxville. Mm -hmm. And... In the beginning of that episode, I say that stalking is homicide in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And this case is further, very, very much is so further proof. proof of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is very much homicide in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts and feelings on how police handled Shana Gross's case? They had almost a year to help this girl. I'm trying to gather my thoughts because it, it it angers me. I am. I mean, if I were her family, you know, that's just it is. It, it was very much gross misconduct. And they have I mean, I always say, like, we have to blame the perpetrator first, you know, like mm-hmm. the, it, he did this. But they also have blood on their hands. Uh, Absolutely. A hundred percent with that. And this is exactly why women mainly women, do not report any type of assault or stalking most of the time because police don't nothing take, happens. Police don't take us seriously. Nothing happens. No. And it just gets worse. It and it's, it's I could I could see how, sh- you know, Shayna felt like, yeah, she's being stalked and assaulted by this person, but she was being, if anything, bullied by the police. And you mm-hmm. just don't want that on top of what you're already going through. No, and no. I hate that. I have my my heart breaks for her and and her family. And I just, I mean, her parents lost their only child. Yeah, that's that's and awful. all the police that were, you know, found guilty of misconduct or gross misconduct. Um, they all retired. Yeah, before there were any consequences met for these people. Yeah. So it's, it's just shitty. there's almost no words for it. I mean, and, I, and I felt like this one was a big one because April is National Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And mm-hmm. while there is no sexual assault in this, it's the same for sexual assault victims not reporting what happens to them mm-hmm. because they're just completely ignored. And usually sexual assault, like a lot of times, is part of it. Oh, yeah. You know, and oh, yeah. so, yeah. No, that was very important. Yeah. So thank you. Welcome. I have no idea what I'm doing next week. Yeah, I haven't decided. I'm trying to decide between two cases. We're really... I'm going to do a local one. We're real distracted. Yeah, we are real distracted. We're real distracted. Uh, we see Taylor Swift in exactly seven days. <gasps> you know, um, the song High, you know, High Infidelity? Mm-hmm. In the song, she goes, do you, know, do you want to know where I was April 29th? Well, we were recording a podcast. That's where we were. That's April where 20th. we were sharing important stories exactly but yes we get to see taylor in seven days and 
there are no words to describe how excited we are. So thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you think that you're a victim of stalking, sexual harassment, abuse, physical or verbal, any of those things, please just look up hotlines. Go to a women's or a men's shelter, abuse shelters. They're out there. Help is available. And there are people that want to get you help no matter how isolated you feel. Help is out there. All you have to do is just reach your hand out. Yes. Stay safe, guys. Bye. Bye. We'd like to thank Mikey Kinley for audio and editing and our friend Avalyn Uliberry for our cover art. Make sure to like and follow us on social media on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram is M3Podcast, and you can find us on Facebook under the name of our podcast, which is Murder, Mayhem, and Merlot. <laughs>